Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to The Less Stressed Life, all about making this your time to feel freaking awesome about your life, health, and happiness. This podcast of The Less Stressed Life is hosted by Krista Bigler. Krista is an integrative registered dietitian nutritionist who specializes in reducing food-related stress, inflammation, and symptoms of food sensitivities. She brings over a decade of nutrition expertise and playing with her food to the table. From coaching, teaching, writing, and work Working within a major food company to behind the scenes for a health celebrity. To learn more, visit lessstresslife.com. All right, so today we have Dave Romanelli and you know, I didn't I was introduced to Dave by a mutual friend, but I knew I was going to love him when I went to his website that whose URL is yeah Dave. I mean, what kind of guy is that? So Dave Romanelli is a wellness innovator and pioneer who focuses who fuses, sorry, ancient healing traditions with modern passions. Dave has written two books with his most recent publica- publication Happy is the New Healthy. So much agree. That uh, book has um, has been a twice uh, twice landed on number one on Amazon's Healthy Living bestseller list, which is an awesome accomplishment. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Nice to be here. Yeah. So, Dave, who is? I mean, uh, you just I just loved your online presence. Yeah, Dave. Tell me a little bit about Dave Romanelli. Where did he start, and what led to being a book author, and what you do now? I got my start after college. Uh, it was my friend said, have you tried yoga? And I was current at the time in 1996 working for a sports agent. And I said, what the heck? And went to my first yoga class, totally got hooked on yoga. And my friend and I, we said, yoga is going to take off. We were living in LA. We said, let's quit our jobs and move somewhere where there's no yoga. And we moved to Phoenix, Arizona, and we opened the first chain of boutique yoga studios, which really just made yoga fun. Um, for people at the time it was very spiritual and and people in leotards and chanting and incense and we kind of played the hip-hop music and advertised on uh, on billboards all over phoenix to breathe and feel better now and made it a yoga town and had a lot of fun doing it and then i furthered that mission and i wanted more people to do yoga at a time when it was still in much of the United States, you still hadn't really caught hold in the early mid two thousands. And so I started doing these workshops 
that combines yoga with the things that people loved most. So I would do yoga and chocolate, yoga and wine, yoga for foodies. Mm -hmm. And in the process, I had a lot of themes and stories and messages that I'd kind of put into my yoga workshops. And from there, I started writing a blog and, and then I've written a couple books and now I've uh, evolved into mindfulness and making mindfulness re more relevant and more fun and engaging for people. So I take these kind of things that are traditional and find ways to integrate them into modern life. So did uh, you find yoga? Did yoga find you? Was it, did you need yoga when it came into your life? I mean, or were you doing something completely, like were you in a completely different, I know you said something about sports and I didn't quite catch it. Were you in a completely different area and it just fit? Or, I mean, because you got to start having a lot of fun. You were really a pioneer in this new fun yoga movement. So, um, but what, what, what causes that? I was lost. I didn't know what to do with my college education and where to go in life. I had a job that I was miserable and not good at. And it was it was scary a little bit because, you know, I didn't know. I was really into spirituality and how do you make a business of spirituality? And I had no clue how to do that. And my it was, you know, here was something that I did that it was just perfect for me. It was a great workout. It was exercise. I always loved to work out, but it was also, it touched your spirit. It liberated you. It made me feel better and at a time when I just wasn't feeling that great about life. And so I guess I found it. It found me. Yeah. Mutual. So when you were making yoga fun, which is fantastic, and there's still a little bit of a stereotype, right? And maybe you you don't feel that way anymore because you've been in the, the sector for my goodness, 20 years doing it. So you might not feel this anymore, but I live in an area where things are a little slowly progressive sometimes. And so do you still find people have this stereotype around yoga? I know you must feel that they have the stereotype around mindfulness because you're making it more, you know, you've said something that struck a chord with me there, but, but how do you um, help people overcome kind of their pre preconceived notions about that? Uh, yoga is so integrated now into into the mainstream um, meditation or mindfulness is still I think even though you're hearing tons about it I mean it's still relatively new and for a lot of people it's just not likely that they're going to be able to sit and close their eyes and meditate um, so more so with, with meditation or mindfulness the idea of being still and closing your eyes is like are you kidding me but almost everyone at this point anywhere does yoga or has someone very close to them that does yoga. So that's kind of broken through at this point. Awesome. Yeah. And I love that you're working on the mindfulness as being relevant. I know that's a, um, it's like this, uh, I don't know what the term is, but it's something you're kind of chasing in my life. I recently had interviewed Pat Flint specifically about meditation. And it's just, I, I'm glad we're talking about it again today, because the more it shows up, I think the more a concept is introduced to someone, the more we think about it. Um, and so what are some of the benefits you see from mindfulness um, that you promote well, I mean, to people? I mean, the first and foremost, I think the, the in our culture, the first, you know, the last thing we get right is our mind. It's like the last thing we focus on. We'll get, we'll, We'll, uh, we'll get our body fit, you know, we'll get our, our beautiful home. Well, we'll work hard on our, our career. 
you know, hopefully our family is good. But like the last thing we work on is, is our, is our own mind. And if your mind is not healthy and you're not inter- thinking healthy, positive, peaceful thoughts, it doesn't matter how good your body looks and how beautiful your home is and how awesome your family is. It's like, you're not going to be happy. So you got to spend time training your mind, learn the training on the, the power of uh, attention and your ability to become aware of thoughts that don't serve you. And, and how do you let those thoughts go and choose thoughts that are peaceful and happy and positive? So it's, it's a practice like anything, like working out, training for a marathon, weightlifting. It's something you do consistently and you get stronger. I couldn't agree more. And I think anyone who kind of turns and, you know, whereas personal development and kind of working on that mind has become new to them at some point and they see that a major shift that happens they would all agree with you. And I will take a step back and say, as someone who works with people on nutrition, occasionally, well, this is probably the most common question that comes to, to dietitians just kind of blindly is, can you help me make a meal plan? I'm like, well, what are you really asking for here? Because we're looking, I mean, that is not the problem. The problem is, has nothing to do with that. Like, tell me what the actual problem is. And let's dig a little bit deeper. And I always find that people kind of need some aspect of life coaching. But like you just said, getting your mind right. Um, we need that more than anything so often, I find, because there's a lot of other things that spin out of control when that's not quite right. Yes, it's all connected, definitely. So your most recent book, Happy is the New Healthy, which love the title on that. Um, when did that come out? That came out, uh, the paperback version of it just came out in January of this year. The original version came out in January of 2015. <clears throat> and... Yes, it's, uh, yes. It's a bright yellow book. And on your website, (laughs) you have five secrets for turning up your happiness now. Is that right? Yeah, I have tons of secrets, but those are, those are, I mentioned there are a few of them. Um, Things that I've learned over the years that are really the low hanging fruits of happiness. Things that allow you to be happy this very moment because it just should never be something that you have to wait wait on yeah i love i actually use the word low hanging i use that expression all the time oh well, let's hit the low hanging fruits because there's a lot of those so will you do you mind sharing those um secrets with us now and kind of going unpacking those for us yeah so the lady that inspired that bright yellow book are she lived to be 111 um she was married five times so we call that resilience you know she got knocked down four times and she got back up for a fifth marriage. And what I've learned is that it's not that difficult things don't happen to really happy people. It's that really happy people happen to difficult things and that everybody gets knocked down in some way. And, and if it's not your finances, it's your career. If it's not your career, it's your health. If it's not your health, it's your love life. I mean, everybody gets, gets knocked down, but, but not everybody gets up. Some people stay down for years and, you got to get up and you got to keep trucking. At some point, you got to bounce back, get on your feet and get after it. So I think resilience is a really integral part to being truly happy. Mm-hmm. Another is um, the 111-year-old lady, uh, the 111-year-old lady, when the social worker thought she was tired, So he put his hands on her shoulders to help her lie down. And she says to him, are you propositioning me? 
So she had a great sense of humor, even at 111. And I think that's another aspect of, of happiness is that you got to loosen your grip. I mean, everybody's working hard and squeezing tight, you know, giving it everything they've got. And sometimes it's just really important to loosen your grip, take a breath and be able to laugh at your challenges and predicaments. Um, another is the 111-year-old lady. When you asked her, what are your secrets to longevity? You know, she did not say, oh, I'm gluten-free. Her three secrets to health and longevity were sex, vodka, and spicy food. And we call that joie de vivre. You know, to have a, a moment in your day where you just savor life. You know, and how often do, you, do we put our heads on the pillow at at night to go to sleep and we're so busy that day we don't remember a single thing that happened so yeah but the, so joie de vivre is the ability to have a moment each day where you you truly savor life um slow it down and and taste the chocolate walk in the sunshine you know cuddle with your kids there's just too many days that go by where we don't even allow ourselves a single moment of that so so joie de vivre is just another example um i have an an exercise that I do in my speeches where I have people hold their arms to the sides like a letter T. And at first it's really easy and then it starts to burn. And if you hold your arms to the sides like that, it's it's simulating stress, a stressful situation. And you start to feel a burning in your shoulders. And the exercise here is to breathe through the stress, not react to it. We take over 20,000 breaths in a 24-hour period. And, you know, you can go a whole day and not pay attention to the sound of a single breath. And the yogis teach that there's nothing more soothing to a stressed mind than the sound of your breath. Mm. So to be able to just breathe consciously is a great exercise for for feeling happier right now, this very moment. Another okay, is hold on. Yes. I want to clarify this. So I hold my arms out because I want to get everyone involved here. So I'm holding my arms out, right? Mm-hmm. By my shoulders until it's uncomfortable. Walk me through it just a little bit more. Yeah. Hold your arms to the sides like a letter T. So yep. your arms are parallel to the I'm ground. Here. You can stand. And then at first it will feel simple. And then what happens is in, you know, 30 seconds to a minute in your shoulders start to burn. And most people without any instruction, they start to flinch and they get uncomfortable and, you, you know, you eventually you drop your arms. And the secret to, to this is that when you feel something uncomfortable in life, it's a great practice to, to in, enhance the quality of your breath, to slow your breath, to hear your breath, to feel your breath, because that has a way of soothing your mind. So when you hold your arms like that, breathe through it rather than react to it. And maybe if you can hold it for 90 seconds to two minutes and notice at toward the end, as it really starts to burn, your breath is a very uh, helpful companion in those kinds of situations. And then when you take your arms down to the sides and relax, you, you feel more present, more grounded, more relaxed. I like it. So how do you spell jus de vivre? Joie de vivre, J-O-I-E-D-E-V-I-V-R-E. Is that French? Yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to rewind 15 seconds to practice that word a few more times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, and actually in a lot of the um, super centenarians, the people that are 110 or older on the planet, Mm -hmm. there's 7 billion people on the planet. And there's only about 60 people that we know about at any one time that are 110 or older. So it's it's very rare. And they, they, a very common thread that binds these super centenarians is the joie de vivre, that they, that they have something they do that allows them to cherish life. They're usually not the richest people, you know, they're, maybe they're not even the people who, they're not necessarily people who worked out a lot. You know, many of them had their vices, but usually they, they find joy in life. There's got to be something that you live for. You can't just retire and pack it away on the sofa watching, you know, Shark Tank all day or whatever people do. Mm-hmm. It's got to be like something that where you stay in the game and you stay engaged and you have something that that brings you a lot of joy each and every day. Are you going to be like Dave Buettner's, um, prede- you know, is it predecessor, uh, where you're doing the super centurions, which I didn't even know that was a thing until you just said that 110. I'm just familiar with the blue zones and his work of people over 100. But are you taking it a step further? And you've been looking at the 110 and over? I love that idea. I ha- I only have met one in my life that's 110 or older. They're not, I don't, they're not easy to find. Oh, there's not that. a, there's, yeah, there's not a lot of them. And when, and, and when the, and they're not necessarily totally, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, sometimes with this one lady I knew she, she had moments of, of clarity and then other times it, she wasn't as clear at that stage in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or their eyesight or their, their hearing tends not to be all there at that stage in their life. Mm -hmm. So it would be harder to have that kind of research project like Dan Buettner does. But I think there are lessons to learn from them and they're, especially from their stories that are, that are so interesting. Well, for anyone that knows somebody over 110, make sure you flood Dave's inbox with their contact (laughs) info. (laughs) Thank you, please. We'd love it. All right, so we've got resilience. We've got doing something uh, really happy people, you know, just happen to difficult things. Humor, loosening your grip on life and just relaxing a little bit. And joie de vivre, cherishing something in life every day so far. <clears throat> yeah, uh, breathing through rather than reacting to your stressful situations. Um, and another one that I really love is take, just taking one minute for love. There's 1,440 minutes in a day. And if you just took one of those minutes each day and dedicated it to love, calling, picking up the phone and telling someone you love them or, you know, taking one minute to have physical connection with somebody. Uh, I did a social experiment when I was living in New York City. I walked around with a film crew and we had an exercise where – or it was a social experiment where I got to wrap my arms around a New Yorker and see if they would let me hug them for one minute. Mm. So it was really awkward, you know, because we are in a New Yorkers are already like, you know, a little standoffish and have a kind of a hard casing, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we're a very touch sensitive culture in America. You know, there's not a lot of physical touch. We can go a long time without any physical touch. Mm-hmm. And so when I wrapped my arms around these people for a minute with this film crew, it was just super awkward. And it's important, you know, 
babies need touch to survive and adults need touch to thrive. It's really important that we have physical contact in our lives. It's, it's just really healing to have that. We mo- need more connection. More, uh, we spend way too much time, eight hours a day on average, in front of a screen of some sort and not nearly enough time just interacting with other human beings. So to take one minute each day, if you could just take one minute and dedicate it to love, it doesn't have to be one, uh, physical touch. It can be just a silent blessing or you know, writing a nice email, but it would have, it would have the most profound impact on, on your level of happiness. And so those I are just a few obvious examples. They're so obvious. You could listen to this and roll your eyes, but you know, there's too many days that go by where we're so busy that we don't do any of those. Yeah. We need a gut check to remind us to do these things. And it's funny, you know, yesterday I, I interviewed someone about children's sleep and she was talking about the hours of sleep kids need. So you betcha that day I was really obsessed with trying to get my kid to sleep <laughs> earlier. But, um, you know, we can just sometimes if you now this podcast would be a good example of that. If you need this gut check regularly to stick in your phone re-listen to episode whatever because you need to be if you're not doing it i've said this before my friend miller says this he says my uh my pet peeve is when people say i know because you might know but if you're not doing it then you don't really know um and i just i love that and i can i i throw that that piece in there all over the place because we do that you know we know things but we don't do it so we don't really know if we're not if we're not living it if we're not implementing it then none of it really matters um and as far as loving and taking a minute to love you know i grew up in a non-touchy-feely family and i've got kids that like my oldest daughter is just a saint and she always wants to give me hugs and i'm it's pathetic you know i'm coming around but um it's a practice makes perfect sort of thing um because i suppose it's a little bit of nature versus nurture there as well but you know uh some of us some of us this is actually really so somebody might roll their eyes if this is easy to them but it's not easy for all of us um for one reason or another so I guess the trick is, is practice. Do you have any other tips? Well, yeah. Well, we just go off in our corners and we isolate ourselves and it's just so easy to do. I mean, you get you on your computer at work and you, you're on your phone and in, in little in between moments and you get home and you watch TV and there's just not a lot of time for inter- for connection. I was just in Houston teaching a, a, a fundraiser yoga class for, uh, this studio in Houston that was shut down because of Hurricane Harvey. And the stories that you hear from people were that it was destructive and a lot of people lost everything, their cars, their belongings, everything. But the the overarching story that I heard when I was there was that it brought people closer and everybody helped everybody else. And it was so heartwarming how people came together. And it took the force of mother nature to pull people from their, 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 their creature comforts and almost force people to help each other. But everybody, when they talked about it, they were sort of broken down, crying, telling us, telling a, a, a positive story and it brought everyone closer together. And I mean, is it going to take something bad like that happening to pull us away from our sort of just ice state of isolation and kind of numbness? And, and, and touch each other, be there for each other, look at each other. So I said to my wife this morning, I, I was creating this new meditation for that tells the story about what happened to Hurricane Harvey. 
And, and, you know, we don't really know our neighbors. We know one of our neighbors. So I was like, let's bake cookies this weekend or something cheesy like that. Let's make cookies and walk around and bring cookies to our neighbors with our kids and, and get to know people because do we really want to wait for an earthquake before we, you know, we reach out to our neighbors? I mean, that's, that's the kind of world we're living in right now. Yeah. We really all need to take a step back. Sometimes it used to be really my pet peeve when people would, when you ask someone how they were and they said busy, I'm like, well, duh. You know, everyone's busy, but it's how we manage that and use it and kind of do the joie de vie. I'm, I'm practicing. I'm practicing the French. Yes. Um, you know, that that really matters. Um, I think there's some the, maybe you can fill this in for me. You know, it's 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 the things that you're remembered for that matters and how you impact. You know, you don't have to impress. You just have to impact people was was a, a comment someone left um, left with me that that impacted me last week. Um, yes. Yeah, say, say that again. The things that you what? Well, I'm struggling to think of this quote about how uh, about how you impact people. And that's more, you know, it's it's the impact that you make on people is so much more important than all the things that you've accomplished or, or whatever you're, that your worth is measured by your impact. We'll have to come with, up with it and put it in the show. Notes. No, it's like it's the it's the Maya Angelou quote. I think that speaks to that you people never remember what you say they never remember what you do but they always remember how you made them feel Ah, there you go thank you <clears throat> excuse me love it yeah no that's it i should know that i have a daughter named maya and no one knows how to say her name i'm like have you ever heard of maya angelou i mean mayan ruins uh <laughs> they're like maya anyway okay so we've got resilience humor uh savoring life uh taking a minute out of the uh, is it 1140 minutes of a day to love i think that's what it was and then was there a fifth secret you wanted to share with us, Dave? Take a minute for love, breathing, resilience, humor, joie de vivre, breathing through it, taking a minute for love. That's number, that's five. Okay. And I do have another one that is don't ask, somebody gave me this advice once. I was a European and I asked what they did for a living and they said it's a, it's a rude question. And I think it's true that if you're sort of, introductory question to meeting somebody is what do you do? You know, a lot of people don't want to be identified by their career or they don't necessarily identify with their career. And if you ask somebody a question that allows them to, to reveal their light, their truth, their passion, their quirkiness to you, instead of asking people, what do they do? Say, you know, what, what's their favorite band of all time? Or, you know, what's your favorite food? Uh, you know, what's your favorite color? What's the, th what's the most awesome thing that's happened to you today? Instead of saying, what do you do? It allows somebody a, a chance to express what brings them joy. And in the process, you know, you bring that out of them and you feel joyful too. So this is something I learned along the way. So Dave, what's your favorite food? I love, I'm Italian. So I grew up, my favorite dish was gnocchi with Pomodoro sauce. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Every now, every interview, I'm gonna have to ask about everyone's favorite food is, which I feel like is relevant. It's very relevant to what we're gonna be talking about, regardless. It's usually food, food related in some way or another. Awesome. Uh, so you are you've done some writing, you do some speaking, right? Um, and then, are you also an online educator as well? I have I have online programs. I'm about to launch a new one. They're basically. Um, if you go on my website, you'll see the one that's just about to finish up right now. It's called At One At Last. And at the very top of my website, it says Reset Your Life. And 
And what I, it's, it's, it was a program that I run these programs and basically the science shows that it takes 66 days to install a new habit in your life. If you practice something every day for 66 days, it will become a part of you. So the next program I'm doing is a program about riding the ups and downs of life with style and grace. And it's with a guy named Jaimal Yogis who wrote several books about Buddhism and surfing. And every day um, you'll get a meditation via email. It's about 10 minutes long, right? Interview Jaimal and get a little lesson, life lesson from him about surfing and Buddhism. And then that leads into a guided meditation where you sit and reflect get quiet for a moment and then I lead you back into your day and you have a little something that is building toward an ability to better ride the ups and downs of life. Cause I think for a lot of us, if you have a bad day, it can really knock you on your butt. And if you have a good day, you get too high on yourself and we're not ready for the bad day. And there's just a lot of ups and downs. So how do you, I don't think it's possible to avoid those, but you can have more fun with them and be, and have more style and, and live more gracefully through the ups and downs. So I'm about, we're about, I'm going to be announcing that any day now on my website. Interesting collaboration. So you had mentioned you were writing a new meditation. I assume that's for your new program. Do you have other places? Like if someone, I know you're bringing mindfulness to relevance, relevancy. Um, so do you have other resources you recommend people go check out if they're getting started with, you know, mindfulness or meditation or something in that arm? Well, yeah. I mean, if you go to my website, yeah. Well, first, if you go to my website for the first time, I, I ask you to sign up for a little mini course and you get these five tips that we talked about today. And then when, in my website, I'm about to redo it to make this more clear, but under blog, uh, most of the blogs on there are meditations now. So you could scroll through any of my blogs and each theme has a short meditation on not so much technique as much as it is telling a story about what's going on in the news. Like, um, most recently with the, the tragic shooting in Las Vegas, I know a lady whose son was tragically killed at the Sandy hook elementary school shooting. And she, her name's Scarlett Lewis. And she dedicated her life to bringing social and emotional learning into school so that you can teach kids that are, simmering with rage instead how to be compassionate and how to choose love instead of anger. And she's really dedicated her life to that. And so I asked her, what do you say to people right now who are afraid with all these mass shootings? They're afraid to send their kids to school. They're afraid to be in a public place like a concert. And she had some really, really good advice. So, you know, as an example, like that is the subject of, of a meditation on my website. Um, Another one is an interview with an elderly. I was on the seat. I was on the edge of my seat waiting for this advice. <laughs> you have to go to the website to 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 see it. I'm but going so, to. Uh, yeah, another one was uh, uh, the a story that an elder told me at an event last week about something just so incredibly um, fortunate that happened to his cousin, and and it's a it's a meditation on you know that good things happen to people who expect good things to happen kind of thing. Um, another one was about an artist, uh, this guy, Jason Isbell that I went to a concert and it was so awesome. And, um, you know, hearing good music 
and exposing yourself to having new experiences in life. Uh, so that's the, the my approach to meditation is how do you make it interesting? Mm. And I, I'll give you something to focus on that's relevant to what's going on in, in the world and ask you to sit for a moment with a, with a positive mantra, something you repeat through for a, a, a minute or two of getting quiet and then come back and into your day. So it's not so much technique as it's just like, like – relevant and current. I love that. That is different than anyone else's mindfulness uh, advice I've gotten. So it works to ask more than one person. So I hope, Dave, when I go subscribe to your email list, I'll get these dropped in my inbox so I can enjoy them because, and I will make it easier (coughs) for the listeners. And I'll put a couple of these in the show notes that you mentioned about Charlotte and a couple of the other ones so people can access them more, more easily. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to go check this out. Um, it sounds like a fun way to bring it because, like some people, I have trouble quieting my mind. And so um, it's a it's a constant um, thing I'm, I'm after. And I appreciate all the all the tips we can get. Yes, I mean, we all I just, I started doing it because I sit down and meditate each morning. And I, I, I haven't found there's so many great podcasts out there. But I, I want something that can tell me something. And then I want to be able to sit and reflect on that message on what's going on in the world around me and and find meaning in it. How do I connect the dots? And so that's, that's my intention with offering this, this approach to meditation. And I do, and I give it to you for free, but if you have, if you want to go more in depth, I have these meditation journeys, like the one I just described with Jaimal Yogis. And then I have a new one that'll be in the new year. That's about getting in touch with nature. And there's this incredible education that we can get from nature if we, if we turn to it and we, and we kind of immerse ourselves in it. So that'll be a new one in the new year. Awesome. Have you thought about putting them in a podcast format? Cause I agree. There's not a lot out there um, that I, that I love that I found that's awesome and fun and relevant. It's funny. You should ask. I just don't know how to do it. And I haven't wanted to figure that out. <laughs> I have two small children at home and I don't have a lot of time or bandwidth. So I, I try to not, go overboard. But if somebody came along who could like, I could work with on that, then I would be open to it. So maybe you could guide me. I will guide you as soon as we end this recording. Don't worry. (laughs) Cool. Excellent. So where I know your website is yeah, Dave, Y-E-A-H-D-A-V-E.com, I believe. Is that right, Dave? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Any, is that the best place for people to find and connect with you? Yes. And my email is under contact on the website. You can reach out to me and I will get back to you. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for coming and sharing all your, well, few of your big secrets, Dave. Um, I look forward to engaging with your content more, hearing your meditations, making that more relevant to my life. And I appreciate everything you shared with us today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on.